This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today I am here to talk to you about something that I think is very important if you are a television lover or a movie lover. So that is the ongoing strike in America with the writers and the actors striking against the alliance of motion picture and television producers. Now, I will start a bit about explaining what these different unions and alliances are all about and why, you know, they are striking, what happened, and some of the things that have led up, you know, to the strike. And of course, very importantly, how it affects viewers, yes, even viewers in Singapore, and how it affects, you know, the schedule of their favorite TV shows coming back. And, you know, even the schedules of the movies that they are, you know, waiting for. So that's what I'll be talking about today. I know usually there is supposed to be a Can I Tell You Something Crazy? It is in the works. It will possibly come out next month if everything goes well. And I hope, uh, you know, you guys can be a little bit more patient while waiting for that. But prior to that, I will be doing, you know, normal pop voucher episodes like this one. So let's start. To start, I think we have to explain a little bit first what these different terms and different unions are all about. So if you read the news about the Hollywood strike, you'll see like WGA, and that stands for the Writers Guild of America. They are termed writers, but they don't refer to like novelists, okay? They are people who specifically write for the screen. So screenwriters, specifically people who write for a television show, specifically people who write for movies, okay? So that's the Writers Guild of America. You will also see the name SAG-AFTRA, S-A-G hyphen A-F-T-R-A. So that is the Screen Actors Guild, the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. So it's a very big labor union, you know, alongside with the WGA. So SAG, after, I'll just call it SAG because that's shorter. The Screen Actors Guild actually has an award ceremony every year. So they're very well known, you know. And of course, they represent the actors. So most people who you know as like television or film actors are in SAG, especially if their work is largely based in America, then they would have to join SAG. You know, there are benefits and everything involved. So the other one that you will see a lot is the AMPTP. So the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Now the AMPTP is a trade association. So they are not a labor union. They don't stand for labor. They don't represent workers. They represent specifically film and television production companies. So this would mean a lot of the major motion picture studios such as you know Paramount, Sony, Universal, Walt Disney Studios, which obviously involves all the Walt Disney you know companies underneath, including Disney Plus, Warner Bros. There's the broadcast television networks in the US. So that's like ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. There are also streaming services like Netflix, Apple TV+, Amazon Prime, uh, and so on, so forth, cable television networks. And there are some smaller, you know, independent film and television production companies. Not all production companies are in the AMPTP, but I would say most of the major players in the US definitely are. And basically what's going on right now is that both the WGA and SAG are on strike against the AMPTP. This is historic because the last time both unions went on strike together was... I think in the 60s or something, it's been forever. It's been very, very long since both writers and actors are on strike. 
And on strike literally just means, yeah, they are on strike. They are not working. So they have stopped work on all productions under the WGA contract and under the SAG-AFTRA contract. So basically all of the TV shows that you normally watch, right? Right now, they cannot produce all of the American TV shows most of the time. Most of them have stopped uh, production because the writers are not writing and the actors are not acting. And this affects a lot of stuff. So if... You know, right now, there's a big Barbieheimer thing, right? You know, Barbie and Oppenheimer both open on Thursday, July 20th. And both movies are huge, but both movies have stopped promotions because when SAG goes on strike, all the actors are expected to stop promoting all the work that they have done under a SAG contract. So obviously, Barbie and Oppenheimer both uh, belong to this. So the actors have to stop working they have to stop promotion they are on strike basically they have to stop promotion or interviews they cannot post on social media about the movies they cannot post in promotion of any of their works and they just basically have to stop working and same goes for writers as well you know they have to stop promoting their work they have to stop working they have to stop writing they cannot take on more jobs and it's actually very very organized you know the idea of unions is not exactly the most, you know, Singapore doesn't really have this kind of like union culture and we don't really have unions for a lot of our occupations. And in America, you know, they're, they're very, you know, they have a long history of labor unions and basically both WG and SAG are labor unions. And right now, if you go online and you go on TikTok and you go to some actors, you know, Instagram or whatever, a lot of them are actually posting about strike and about going on strike. So a lot of them are at the picket lines, you know, they are literally like holding clear cards and posters and saying why they're striking outside the studios. So they're standing in the heat outside the studio saying, you know, we're on strike, we want better rights and everything. And that's what's currently happening. Uh, they, they went on strike at different times. It is important to note that the WGA and the SAC SAG-AFTRA are different uh, groups. They are different labor unions. There are people who belong to both, right? So some actors are also writers and producers. Some people like Mindy Kaling, for example, would be both uh, SAG and WGA. So some people belong to both, um, but they the two unions are fighting. They, are, they have a lot of the same concerns, but they are... Um, striking separately and they have a separate negotiation and deal with the AMPTP and they are so they are separate contracts you know they are striking separately against the AMPTP but uh, they have a lot of same concerns but they are negotiating separate contracts with the AMPTP um, WGA went on strike first I believe on May 2nd because their contract with AMPTP expired earlier uh, SAC went on strike a little bit later. I believe it was sometime mid-July. Uh, yeah, July 14. They went on strike on July 14 because they their contract expired with AMPTP at a, at a slightly different time. Okay, so now going into why these people are on strike. Why are the people who have made our movies and our TV shows on strike? Now, this is a very, 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 very long conversation and you need to really be like, you need to have been involved with reading a lot of material about Hollywood, about writers, uh, you know, actors, a lot of their conditions in order to understand, uh, you know, fully what's going on. And I would say that even though I've been following it fairly closely, you know, over over a, a long time, 
you know, ultimately I am not in these labor unions and I cannot speak to say exactly what's uh, going on. You know, I don't know the specific details of what's going on, but I can tell you like the big reasons why they are striking. So, of course, firstly, uh, it's just, it's actually very simple. It's all working conditions. It comes down to working conditions and pay, right? Like all workers, you know, we are all concerned about our working conditions, our workplace safety and our pay, right? Our remuneration. So that's basically what the actors and the writers are both striking for. Now, it is very, very common uh, for people to see actors and think, why are they still striking? Why do they care about remuneration when they earn so much money? Because Leonardo DiCaprio earns like 20 million per movie, right? So of course people are like, huh? It does it looks like rich people against rich people like that. You know, like why why are they so greedy? They still have more money. Now, it is very important to note that both the WGA and the SAG are very, very, very large labor unions and they involve a lot of people who are not famous, okay? So yes, there are some famous writers, you know, there are some famous, like, writers, like I would say, like Shonda Rhimes or something, you know, who's who's a famous, you know, showrunner and everything, and she's also a famous writer for television. But most writers, right, are not famous in the first place, and most writers are fairly, like, they earn a fairly normal wage, right? They are not at that level where they can command millions of dollars, where Netflix would sign, like Ryan Murphy, sign a deal that's multi-millions with them. Uh, most writers are not like that. Most writers are normal working people. And for actors, I know a lot of people are like, but there's so many famous actors. Yes, there are a lot of famous actors and a lot of them are rich, including a lot of people you might see in Barbie or Oppenheimer, right? Like people like Margot Robbie, people like Ryan Gosling, people like Killian Murphy. Yeah, these people are famous actors. No doubt about that. But the SEG has a membership of 160,000 people. Do you think you can name 160,000 famous actors? You cannot. I don't think you can even name 160,000 actors who are normal actors, not even the A-list, A-list. No, because there are a lot, a lot of people in the SEG and most of them are not famous. Every single person you see on screen in a TV show or a movie is an actor. If somebody goes to a bar, say, okay, Ryan Gosling, for example, goes to a bar on screen, right, in a movie, he goes to a bar and he orders a drink. The bartender who makes him the drink, who you don't know and maybe does not even have a line in the movie, is an actor, right? So most of SAG's membership are just working normal people. A lot of them cannot even survive on acting. A lot of them have to take other jobs in order to do the side gig of acting, in order to pursue their passion, passion of acting. A lot of them are background actors, right? And all of these people are all in SAG. So honestly, the SAG and WGH, right, is really like the, the normal people fighting against these big studios. So some of their concerns, right, firstly, is that, you know, their basic minimum wage has not kept pace with inflation. Because we all know that inflation has really is really a big problem in the past few years. And unfortunately, you know, the pay is just not keeping pace with inflation. And so the WGA and SAG, I think, both want to increase like basic minimum pay for their for their workers. And another reason why they are striking is also because of this issue of residuals, which is a concept that does require a bit of explanation. So bear with me. Okay, so in the past, right, you know when a television show used to air 
on television. You know, now I know we mostly watch TV on online or on streaming services and everything. But in the past, most of the time, television shows aired on TV and also movies most of the time, right? When they would get bought by television stations, they would air on TV as well. So um, technically, when something is re-aired or rerun, especially a successful show, say things like Friends, that airs, you know, at so many in so many countries across the world long after it has wrapped. Technically, when you re-air something, the people involved in creating the show, be it the actors or the writers or even the directors, people involved in the show are supposed to get a cut of what you make re-airing the show. It's not it's not a huge cut, but they're supposed to get a cut, lah. You know, all of them. So that's how. So those are called residuals. The income that you earn from that is called residuals. So in the past, right, residual income was actually, uh, I would say, sufficient enough for people, for actors and writers to sustain themselves in the industry. Because unlike, um, you know, nine to five jobs, the movie and TV industry is a bit more unpredictable. You have a job. You only earn money when you have a job. You only have a job when you are hired to, say, play a role. And you may not be hired to play a role every month of the year, right? Maybe there are three months in between this project and the next project. Maybe there are six months in between this project and the next project. And a lot of people tie themselves through these dry periods with residuals from their previous work. And sometimes residuals can be very, very healthy if you were in a very successful show, say like Friends, which, you know, aired all across the world all the time, you know, um, in in different countries, on different channels, broadcasted on the time, long after it has wrapped. And there are 10 seasons, obviously. So so like there are a lot of episodes for you to get residuals from. And even if you're in a successful movie or so, because when the movie gets re-aired on television, you know, and Channel 5 plays like old Mission Impossible movies, part of that like income, right, goes to the cast and the creators and the writers and so on. So the thing with streaming is that it has largely taken this residual income away because streaming companies are notoriously opaque about their numbers, notoriously opaque about how well their shows are doing. So it's very hard to say like something was airing on TV, then there's very specific numbers, you know, there are, there are like statistics that track, you know, how many people are watching this TV show at this certain time. So it's very easy to measure a value of the work and give you the money, you know, that corresponds to what it has earned but with streaming because it's so opaque you don't often don't get um they they, they can just say like oh yeah actually not a lot of people watch the movie oh not a lot of people yeah watch this or whatever yeah so they can just sort of like fudge the numbers and give almost close to no residual earnings right so some of these uh, writers and actors have actually shown like people the checks the residual checks they get and it's like 27 cents that kind like it's really really sad right or it's like very very sad like for 10 episodes they get maybe 28 dollars in residual checks it's very it's just not sustainable right for especially for people who want to make a living make this their living make this their full-time job it's very very difficult so that is one of um the big issues another big uh you know sore point is AI for both the writers and the actors because with the rise of you know things like ChatGPT and everything you know I think some of the AMPTP is keen uh, to not even keen I think they they just they maybe have already started doing it they want to use AI uh, wherever they can to cut costs 
And it really eats into people's jobs because they essentially want to train AI to write scripts based on work that has already been written by other people, based on the work that these writers are doing. So obviously, writers want to protect their work, right? Protect their work from being trained, from being used to train AI. And then the AI takes over them, right? Takes over them and writes the, writes the script for them in their stead, even though the AI was trained on things that humans wrote, right? So, so one of this is that, you know, um, writers want to protect themselves. Actors also want to protect themselves because they don't want their faces to be used and be recreated using AI technology, right? Because you want to still be in, like, if they use your face, you should be compensated for it, what, you know? Because it is possible. I mean, at this stage, it, it might not be, but it is possible that in the future, AI can have the ability to essentially recreate Tom Cruise doing Mission Impossible and Tom Cruise wouldn't have to appear at all on set. And it's just the AI using, you know, the, the AI recreation of Tom Cruise using CGI or, 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 or facial recognition tech or whatever, right? I'm not sure about technology, but it is possible that maybe 15 years down the road that could happen. And obviously Tom Cruise doesn't want that because if you're using my face, you have to compensate me, right? And actually one of the, so one of the, uh, one of the things SAG said when they went on strike, right? When SAG went on strike, uh, one of the things that were, they revealed was that AI, the AMPTP actually had a proposal to scan all the background actors, scan their likeness, right? Scan all the background actors' likeness, pay them one day, one day pay. And I believe one day's, one day's of work is like 180 something dollars. Uh, for eight hours work for, for actors or something like that. That's the base pay. So pay, scan all the background actors, give them one day's pay for that, and then they can keep and use their likeness in perpetuity without compensation. Can you imagine, like, you go to work one day, one day, uh, and you are paid for that one day's work, and it's not even a huge payday. It's like $200 maybe, sing. And then... Your image is forever owned and kept in perpetuity by some random movie studio who can continue to use their image 200 years down the road and you don't get anything. They can use it however many times they want. You don't get anything. So it's very scary, right, to not own your own image and your own body and to have that taken away. So obviously both actors and writers don't want this to happen. And there are a lot of other things, you know, involved with with what they are striking for, and you know, including working conditions like um, mandating that there is, uh, you know, increasing the penalties for not letting actors go on break in between long shoots, right? So mandating a period of rest between shoots and ensuring that people get enough rest, um, and they want to up the penalties for that. And apparently, AMPTP rejected. And another thing is that they want to make sure that there are uh, lunch breaks. Like lunch is provided and there are lunch breaks uh, for actors and for actors and so on and AMPTP rejected. So it's like not good, right? And apparently uh, one of the things is also like AMPTP pays very late, like production companies pay actors and writers very, very late. And that really affects, right? Because you know that there's money coming in, but if the money doesn't come in this week, you might not be able to make rent. And even though you've already done the work and then they'll tell you like, hey, I'll pay you like in two, three months which sucks, obviously, and, you know, actors and writers don't want this to keep happening, and apparently AMPTP still rejected that proposal. So that's why people are striking, right? Because 
the working conditions and the current state of the industry with a lot of streaming services have made it very, very hard for working, working um, jobbing actors and writers to survive an industry. And that's why people are striking. And it looks to be a very, very long strike because from what we have gathered, the AMPTP does not seem keen to negotiate at all. They don't seem to want to give these people a living wage and a living and a good uh, working condition. They do not seem to want to give them these benefits. And it really, it's really bad because I think right before SAG went on strike, there was some like um, deadline in one of the trade um, publications Publish a quote from this anonymous source who is obviously from one of the studios. Like, it's anonymous, but it's super obviously, like, on behalf of the AMPTP. He said something really, like, super villainy, and they were like, we are going to drag this out. Like, we are not going to negotiate with them yet. We will drag it out until the writers have lost their housing, have lost their rent, and they are, like, Ready, almost homeless, and that's when we are going to negotiate with them, because then they would be so desperate that they have to agree to our terms. Like literally, that's what they are doing, you know. And you have to understand that a lot of these major movie studios they pay their top execs insane amount of money, right? Like hundreds of millions of dollars, double digit millions, multi millions every single year for studio execs who don't actually produce the work, right? And they seem so reluctant to even give cut a part of that those that money right for the people who actually make the work, and this has really really angered a lot of writers and actors who are very very united in in the strike. They really do seem very very committed to striking until they get a fair deal, and um even like the SAG president who is actually the nanny. I don't know if anybody remembers watching the show called The Nanny. It's like this old, old comedy and a uh, friend just share. And she's like the lead of the nanny and she's now the SAG president. And she, when, you should go and see her speech on YouTube. She is so angry when she talks about the AMPTP because you really do feel like she has been completely shut out. Like she really feels like, why are you doing this to us? Like, what are you, what are you thinking, right? And she's saying like, you know, these small increments that you are giving us because the AMPTP... Uh, it's in some parts have tentatively agreed to some of the proposals, but it's very small, and they always like bargain for less, like less pay and everything. And she was saying like this small increases is like moving furniture on the Titanic, which I thought was a great metaphor. But yes, yeah, so basically, it's gonna be a long strike because they both the writers guild and the actors guild seem to have a lot of trouble getting to a negotiation with the getting to a fair deal with the AMPTP and negotiations have not restarted. Okay, WGA has been on strike for over two months and negotiations have not restarted. The actors guild was on strike for has been on strike for a week or so and of course negotiations have not restarted as well. Now, how would this affect? local uh, audiences. Firstly, there are a few things that are already affected. If you love late night shows, late night talk shows, like if you love Seth Meyers, if you love, um, sorry, not Conan. Conan has really gone off there. If you love Seth Meyers, if you love like Stephen Colbert, you know, um, Jimmy Fallon and this kind of things, those are already off the air because those shows are very those shows are like written daily right so they have a team of writers and they write daily and they come up with jokes and like little monologues and everything daily those are gone 
um, those were the first to go. Are always the first to go because they are they are like they re- depend on writers to to come in and work daily. And when writers stop working, there's no show, there's no backup, and they record live. I think if I'm not wrong, most of the time. Um, so those are gone. If you like watching award ceremony, the Emmys are not happening in September, barring a huge miracle. The Emmys are not going to happen in September because actors cannot attend a award ceremony that rewards the work that they did while doing in the SAG-AFTRA contract. So no actors, no Emmys, right? So the Emmys are probably... They, they, I think they were trying to move it to November, which I think is too, opt- too optimistic for when the strike will end. So I think most likely it would be 2024. So the Emmys will have to be pushed back, of course. And then um, if you love TV shows and movies, be prepared for a very long wait of new seasons of shows, right? If you want to watch like Stranger Things, that's going to take a while. You know, if you want to watch um, just anything, like anything that you like to watch on television, it, it's probably not coming out that soon. And also be prepared for movies to change their premiere dates because if a movie comes out during the strike, the actors cannot do any promotion for it. For example, the movie Haunted Mansion came out, I believe, two days into the actor's strike. And the stars like Jamie Lee Curtis, like Tiffany Haydish, Owen Wilson, all could not promote the film because they are on strike. So the red carpet was empty and it was instead filled with Disney-like mascots. You know those, like, the staff members who dress up as Disney characters in Disneyland? If you've ever been to Disneyland, you will see like Cinderella wandering around and she's a she's actually an employee of the park, right? And like their job is to dress up like these characters. And the red carpet was instead filled with Disney characters, right? This these like park employees instead, and no actors. So if a movie comes out during that time, you cannot do any promotion for it. It is likely to affect the box office. So it is possible that uh, movie studios will start like moving their premiere dates around so that possibly happens after the strike ends. Although, you know, a lot of the movie studios are, have the power to decide when the strike ends by going back to the negotiating table with the labor unions, but they are refusing to do so. So, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. But yeah, so be prepared for movies that you like. Uh, they are slated for the... Uh, next half of the year to have um, different premiere dates. Uh, TV shows, as I said, you know, not coming out anytime soon. Um, especially the things that uh, have like are not going to release in the next few months or weeks. So there will be some uh, things that have already backed up, right? Like Netflix already has some stuff that is made and ready for the next two, three months, for the next six months even. So things will start. Still, There will still be things to watch. There will still be new things to watch. Actors cannot promote them, but there will still be new things for audiences to watch until the pool really starts to run dry. And I think once like the strike drags through fall, drags through autumn, drags through the end of the year, which is possible, it is possible that they would go on strike for six months. If it drags till the end of the year, you will see a lot, a lot of your shows affected in the upcoming year, year or two, and a lot of things you will not be able to see. So I love The Bear. The Bear is a Hulu dramedy, right? And the season season two just came out, but season three is, because of the strike, it's going to take a very, very long time. It's going to be at least like two years before you see it because actors are not acting and Writers are not writing. 
So just be prepared because it will affect your favorite shows and movies. And I know that, you know, a lot of people might just feel like, huh, very sian, I don't get to watch these things. But as someone who loves TV shows and movies, I genuinely want the people who create these things for us to watch, who create this very funny, very entertaining, very moving pieces of art for us to watch to be compensated fairly for their work. So I am in full support of uh, these two unions going on strike and fighting for better lives for themselves and fighting for a much more sustainable industry. So to clarify one very small thing, not all productions have shut down completely during this time. There are still some productions that are ongoing. If your production is not under SAG, your production is not under WGA, it is unlikely to be affected. So um, things like House of the Dragon, for example, House of the Dragon is on HBO. And yes, Warner Brothers, which owns HBO, is under the AMPTP. But House of the Dragon, I believe most of the actors are acting in House of the Dragon under another union's contract. So they are not under SAG. They are under Equity, uh, which is the UK's actor labor union. A lot of actors are both in Equity and SAG at the same time. But if you... I believe that the strike for SAG only applies to SAG work. So like Barbie, for example, is probably a a SAG AFTRA. Like all the actors were in it under a SAG AFTRA contract and so they cannot promote it. But for House of the Dragon, the actors are taking part in the project under equity. So they can continue to act in House of the Dragon. And I believe they cannot go on strike in solidarity. I believe they are legally not allowed to go on strike in solidarity with SAG unless equity itself is going on strike. I believe that is the case. So anyway, House of the Dragon is still continuing. There are some movies that are going to have to go ahead to produce because they are under indie production companies. For example, A24, it's a very, very major independent production company. It's the production company that brought you everything everywhere all at once. You know, and A24, which is a big awards powerhouse, a lot of their movies always win awards. Um, always win Oscars. Uh, A24 still has a few movies going because A24 is not under the AMPTP. So when you produce for A24, you can, you are if you're acting for a project under A24, you actually can continue to act. And there are some smaller independent stuff that's, that's still ongoing because that's not under the AMPTP. And that stuff like Dustmany, I believe Mads Mikkelsen is reuniting with his Hannibal showrunner to create a horror movie called Dustmany. So he'll be in that. Uh, some small stuff, I think. It's, I, I believe there's something with Rebel Wilson that is produced by A24 that is still ongoing. So there are some projects that are still ongoing and those will those will unlikely to be affected as much by the strike and will probably come out on a, on a better schedule than, sh- than shows that were, that were affected. But, you know, a lot of stuff is still up in the air. And yeah, it's, it's just like, I really, really hope people support the strike and if you want to do so in a very very in a very uh tangible way you can donate to the entertainment community fund it helps to fund uh you know writers and actors who are struggling to make ends meet during the strike because they are not currently working now it a lot of writers and actors also have jobs beyond just writing and acting because it's such a difficult industry to survive in so you know I do think it's it's good to help if you want to, if you have the means to and you genuinely feel for this cause, you know, go ahead and donate. And one last thing, if you do, in fact, cross the picket line and work for something that is under the one of the shrug companies, right? You are considered a scab. 
So a scab is somebody who crosses the picket line and basically does work for a shrug company. And you can be a scab even if you are not in the union. So if you are not an SAG actor and then Netflix comes to you and say, we want you to star in this little film that or whatever project that we have and you go to do it now during the strike, you are a scab and you will be blacklisted from joining the union afterwards. And it's actually very important to join the union uh, for actors because you, you were basically like, it's basically the largest industry labor union. And if you're blacklisted from SAC, other people also don't want to work with you. Like other actors also don't want to work with you because you are a scab. Like you, you are someone who crossed the picket fence, like cross, not the picket fence. You, you are someone who crossed the picket line and you do lose a lot of respect of your peers, right? And uh, that goes for writers as well. I know it's very tempting, right, to think like, oh, I want to join an industry during this time when all the companies are desperate and then they will reach out to, you know, people who are less well-known, but it does affect your reputation. In the industry, it does, reflect your, um, it does affect your ability to join the union, which is fairly important because the union does provide you with a lot of rights. Like, they are fighting for your working conditions and you have less of a leverage to negotiate when you don't have a union, you know, when the strike eventually ends, you will still be suffering, lah, you know. So those are what scabs are called and they are very, very not well looked upon in the industry. Okay, I think that's really about it for today. And if you have any ideas on what I should talk about in my next episode, be it for a pop vouchers episode or a can I tell you something crazy episode, do write in to me at podcast.sph.com.sg or jenlee at sph.com.sg you can also slide to my dms at jenleerice all right that's your dose of pop culture for this week and thank you for listening that was a podcast by the straits times send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg find us on apple spotify google podcasts or via the google voice assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.